morning, church. have a word of prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Father, holy, holy, holy is thy name, Lord. Lord, for your name is above all names, Lord, and you are truly worthy of all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Lord. Not unto us, not unto us, Lord. We don't deserve any glory or praise, Lord, but you deserve it all, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord, for how you have made each and every one of us very special in your own unique design, Heavenly Father, that no two human beings are alike, Lord. We all have been crafted a certain way, Heavenly Father. We all got a different DNA, different fingerprint, Lord. And I, I thank you, Lord, for the differences that we have, Heavenly Father. Father, let us use these differences to edify you, to lift you up, to praise your holy name, Lord. Lord, bless the word that we will go forth, Lord. Lord, remove me out of the way, Heavenly Father. Father, remove fear, doubt, and disbelief from me, Heavenly Father. Let me walk in the power of your spirit and in your might, Heavenly Father. You do the teaching, you do the preaching through me, Heavenly Father, at this particular time, Lord. Lord, I want to say a special blessing for, for Brother Mike Paul, Lord, because he specifically asked me to pray for him while he was in Pakistan, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you to please touch him right now, Lord. Touch his family. Protect them. Put your protective covering around them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, and return them back safe and sound, Lord. Lord, bless that lives are changed and souls are saved from the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that I pray. Amen. 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 Good afternoon, church. Uh, what I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning is let us humble ourselves and repent and pray. Humble ourselves and repent and pray. And the key I said is ourselves. Me, I'm, I'm included. I mean, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to all of us. I'm included. The choir uh, is included in this. And then uh, if we could, the choir, uh, could you, uh, we was going to have you guys sit over here, but uh, have the choir go back out into the uh, congregation, if you could. Amen. Something new we're going to start doing, so we might as well start today. <laughs> Amen. The pastor has uh, released me. He said, he said, go on and let God use you. So this is one of the things that we did talk about that we wanted to do differently. So don't look at us funny when we start doing different things. Because God is, God is in control. Amen. So humble yourself and pray and repent. Coming from Second Chronicles. We've heard these scriptures a lot. We've talked about them a lot. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Today God has given me something from this. And, and you that know me, that I normally don't stay in one place. I, I, I got to do it the way God gives me to do it. Amen? So, so, so I'm going to use Second Chronicles 7 and 13 and 14. I'll use Psalm 51, and I'm going to use some Jonah. Amen? So first of all, let us look at the word humble. 
Well, what does it mean? Because he said here in Second Chronicles 7 and 13 and 14, he, he mentions the word humbling ourselves. So before I read the scripture, let's, let's get a little background information. So humble means to, to think lowly of oneself, claiming little for oneself, not proud or arrogant or thinking oneself unworthy when judged by the demands of God. It's marked by meekness and modesty in an attitude and of our spirit, not arrogant or prideful, showing patience and humility and being gentle. That's what humbleness is. What's the opposite of humbleness? Pride. Pride. Pride is the cultivation, preservation of exalting oneself. It is a protecting of self that pride is all about. Pride is commitment to yourself and only yourselves. It is building up ourselves in the eyes of our peers and friends. Pride is an excessive belief in one's superiority. And God talks about being prideful and all those things. So now let's take a look at the scripture here. In Second Chronicles 7, 13 and, and, and 14, this is what it says. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Well, let me back up. I'm just going to start at the top of chapter 7. That's what I'm supposed to do, start at the top. <laughs> Amen. Because I like for people to get the background. So what has happened is in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon has made a long prayer in the dedication of the temple. He has just completed, took 20 years to complete the temple of God. And after he had completed it, he, he made a request to God. And, and when you read Second Chronicles chapter 6 at home in your own time, you would see that Solomon asked for a lot of different things regarding the people and the nation and their sin. When they committed sin, he said, God, forgive them any time they would turn to this place and call on your name. Pay attention. And he said, and they would repent and pray. Then he said, God, please hear from heaven. So so he has just made an end to to all the different requests that he has for for his people from talking to God. And then in chapter 7, he he picks it up. He says, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, it says, the fire came down from heaven and consumed, I'm reading from the King James, the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of God filled the house. Because they wanted the presence of God to stay with them. You see, some of us don't want the presence of God to stay with us. I, I, I want to have God sometimes. And specifically on Sunday morning. I, I only want God's presence to be with me on Sunday. Monday through Saturday, I can handle it, Alonzo. I, I, I don't need God's presence to, to stay in me. But Solomon and David desire for God's presence to be with them at all times. So they want to be humble at all times. They want to be meek and lowly to receive the presence of God. 
He says in verse 2, And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. See, when God comes in, it makes sins flee. See, see, God desires us to fill our hearts. God, remember, it says in the word of God that we are the temple of God. And we all know that God can't dwell in an unclean temple. So in order for God to dwell in us, we need to get rid of some stuff in the temple. The temple got a lot of mess in it. It's a lot of stuff in the temple. So, Brother Fikes, what you talking about? I'm talking about the church. It's a lot of stuff in us. It's a lot of things in us that, that really holds us back from humbling ourselves. One of the things that holds us back is ego and pride. My, my ego and my pride, it really stops me from humbling myself under the authority, under the power, under the anointing of God. Some of us have deep-rooted sin. I'm included. We have deep-rooted sin in us that has been in us for a long time that we need to arm ourselves and pray about and ask for forgiveness. It's so deep that you get full of pride and you don't want to ask for forgiveness about it. That's how deep this, this sin is that we have in us. And it's been building up over years and, and years and years, and God is trying to root it out. I heard one of the preachers say, cut it off at the root. I, I, he can't get it out of us unless he cuts it off at the root of us. It is the root of your, your being, your, your soul, that he has to cut off this deep-rooted sin that in us. Clean us up, Lord. Somebody say, clean us up, Lord. Clean us up, Lord, so that we'll be able to confess these deep-rooted sins and get rid of them, Lord. And the only way God can clean us up is for us to humble ourselves. He goes on in the temple. He says here, And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good for his mercy, what? Endureth forever. Amen. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody said, thank you, Lord, for mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Because without it, we would be lost. So he said that they got down and bowed down to the pavement, y'all. They prostrated themselves before the Lord once he filled the temple. When God came into the temple, the priests could not stand to carry on their duties. Because the glory of God was in this place. What would happen in this church if the glory of God occupied this space? If he came into each and every one of us and lighted on us? Oh, we have a Holy Ghost party here, did we? <laughs> God would be teaching us. God would be showing us. We would be in the spirit of God and not in our flesh. You follow me? Because you do know that some people came in in their flesh this morning. Some people came in with lust of the flesh. That's right. Lust of the flesh. Hmm. You're talking about these things in the world that I crave for, that I desire to have. Those things stop me from humbling myself under God's power. Because the lust of the flesh, things such as money, will stop me from humbling myself. Because I would desire to have it. And I would do whatever it takes to get it. 
it stops me from humbling myself under God of power and authority and waiting for him to give me the things of my heart. He said he'll give you the desires of your heart. All we got to do is trust and believe in him. Amen. He goes on to say, and the king and all the people offered sacrifices unto the Lord. Mm. The king and all the people offered sacrifices. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of what? I didn't hear you. 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. A pitch in your own sanctified imagination. 120,000 sheep. It probably filled the place up, Eric. That's a lot. Then he said, for 22,000 oxen. Solomon humbled himself under God's power. He didn't care about the wealth that he had from having the animals. That he would sacrifice 120,000. He was not concerned with those things. He humbled himself under the power of God in order to sacrifice it. Because he knew from whence cometh his help. He knew that God could give him more than what he had sacrificed. Keep up with me. Don't let me use you. He said, And the priests waited on their offices. The Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever. When David praised with their ministry, and the priests sounded trumpets before them, and all Israel stood. You see, the musicians got to humble themselves when they play in the God. See, they must play in a manner that is giving God the glory and the praise and not their gift. They must humble themselves when they are praying so that what? Just like you just said there. When, the, when they all got together and they got on one accord and they started praising God. You follow me? Then God came into the sanctuary. Then God can enter into our presence. He says, Moreover, Solomon hollowed the middle of the court. That was before the house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offering. Because the brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meat offerings and the fat. Pay attention here. Solomon didn't build an altar big enough to receive what he had for God. Did y'all catch that? He did not build an, an altar big enough to receive the offering that he had for God. What about us? Do you have a place in your heart big enough for God to come in? Have you humbled yourself enough for God to enter into your heart so that you can offer sacrifices of praise? First, they said, also the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days, the Feast of Tabernacles, what he's talking about, and all Israel with him, a very great congregation from the coming in of Hamath until the river, to the, uh, river of Egypt. And the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. They had a Holy Ghost party seven days. They was praising God for seven long days. They was feasting and celebrating God all this time. Humbling ourselves. It's hard for us to humble ourselves for one hour. That's right. So I must ourselves one hour to, to listen to the preacher preach about the word of God. You say after 20 minutes, you know, time is about up. Because I'm ready to go home now. But you can give God five hours at the ball game. 
We talk about humbling ourselves under God's power, under, under his authority, under his anointing. When I'm in the presence of God, there is no time limit. Amen. There is no time limit. When, when you guys be in Sunday school classes and the word is good and the teachers teaching so good, you look up and it's 1030, you're like, oh, man, we got to shut down. Yeah. You follow me? Because there's no time limit when you're talking about God and his affairs. I'm leading ourselves. I'm, le- I'm leading up to it, y'all. Wait, just hold on. I'm coming. He says, and on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month, he sent the people away into their tents, glad and merry and heart for the goodness that the Lord has shown unto David and to Solomon, to the Israel, his people. Mm. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he prosperously affected. Mm. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, what did he say? I have heard thy prayer. Thank you, God, for hearing prayers. And have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Now, verse 13 here, he says, oh, let me lose you here. He says, if I shut up heaven and there be... No rain. God says, if I was to shut up heaven and there be no rain, let me bring it down your street. If I send a recession and people lose their jobs, this is what he's talking about here. Are you still going to humble yourself and pray and be thankful? Are you still going to humble yourself and pray and repent that you still have your job and so many people don't? So if God sends a recession, y'all, we still must be humble. We still must pray to God. We still must ask for repentance. He says, if I were to, or if I command the locusts to the vow of the land. He says, if I send high unemployment to the vow of the land, are you still going to humble yourself and pray to God? Are you still going to ask God for forgiveness? Let me come down your street now. He says here, some of us have been laid off or unemployed, have become unemployed. And you have in your heart resentment toward your used-to-be friend that still have their job at the same place you used to work. You have not repented and asked God for forgiveness, for harboring hatred toward them. They didn't fire you or they didn't let you go. You follow me? Even though you were more qualified, even though you may have had the better gift for doing that job, God saw fit to humble you. He saw fit so that you can humble yourself and pray and repent for the sin that's in you for not being able to forgive your friend. Somebody say, Lord, please forgive us. Forgive me, Lord, for that deep-rooted sin that I had all along that didn't get manifested until trials and tribulation came. It was already in you because it was deep-rooted. Did you follow me? And God is using this opportunity to cut it out. God, cut out this deep-rooted sin that's in me. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. This is what James, this is what... uh, First John talks about it. First John 2 and 15 and 6. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. Now that we have become unemployed, and now that I might be in the 
or in the process of foreclosure of my house. Now that I might be about to lose my ride, I still need to humble myself under God's authority and his power. I am crazy enough to believe that if God be for us, who can be against us? Sometimes God needs to move me from point A so I can get to point B. Don't worry about it that you may become unemployed. That just means God got something better for you. That's all it means. He got a place for you to go that you wouldn't get to unless he made it a little rough for you. See, unless he stirred up the waters, you wouldn't get to that promised land. See, he had to make it a little rough for the Israelites to get to the promised land. Sometimes God got to make it rough so that we can humble ourselves and pray and repent. Some of us need to repent from wanting to destroy our family because we don't have a job to take care of them. Some of us want to destroy our families, break up your home because you can't afford to take care of your children. Humble yourself and ask God for forgiveness. Repent of that because God can heal your land. God can heal your heart if you just trust in him. If you just put it in his hands, he will do it. God got the authority. God got the power, Lord. We just need to yield it to him. We just need to give it to him. Lord, help us to give you what you deserve. Help us to give you the power to change us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. He said, well, if I send pestilence among my people. God said, if I send an earthquake and 100,000 folks die. You might be mad at God. You might complain to God. God says that what? I got all power in my hands. I can give you whatever. Sometimes I got to stir the nest to move you. Sometimes these earthquakes that we have in our life, it causes me to turn my back on God. When you lose your job, that ain't nothing but an earthquake. When your kids are acting up, that ain't nothing but an earthquake. Just like all earthquakes, they will pass. God, thank you, Lord, for your power, Lord. Thank you for the power of forgiveness. Thank you for the power of humility, Lord. God had to humble Moses. It took 40 years for God to get kingship out of here. In the wilderness. You follow me? Some of us, God got to get that pride out of us. The pride of life. I enjoy my job, my home, my car, and my family so much I got so much pride in them that they have replaced God. That is a problem with God. God said, my glory I would not give to another. Not unto us, Lord, not unto us. We don't deserve any glory, Lord, but unto you, Lord. You deserve all the glory, Lord. Lord, we give you all the praises, Lord Jesus. We give you all the praises. Then look what he says here. He says, if my people. Whose people are you? Whose people are you? (laughs) We are the Lord's. We are Jesus's. We are God's. We are his children. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, do you invoke his name? Do you call on the name of Jesus? He said, my people, which are called by my name. Mm. He didn't say they're going to call me Calvin. No, no. He didn't say they're going to call you Ed. He's going to say, servant, well done. You have been faithful over a few things. Glory to God. 
He says, my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, humble yourself, and pray. In the midst of humbleness, I got to pray. It doesn't do me no good to be humble, and I don't pray and ask for repentance. Being humble is one thing, but praying and asking for repentance is a different thing. And I got to do both of them. I got to do all of them. He said, humble themselves and pray. Glory to God. Then he says here, and seek my face. Desire an audience with them. Desire to get in God's presence is what he's talking about. A lot of us don't desire to get into his presence because of the S-I-N in our lives. It's hard for me to want to get in God's presence. You don't want people to know about the things that you're doing, so you hide it. But God will make your life as an open book. That's right. God said, there's nothing done in secret that shall not be revealed. You follow me? See, see the scribes and the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, they love to sit in the uppermost seats. That they love to be recognized whenever they walk down the street. So, oh, yeah, they go pastor so-and-so. Oh, yeah, they go minister so-and-so. Oh, yeah, they go to head deacon. Oh, they go to head trustee. See, see, they love praises of men more than the praises of God. God says, we in leadership got to humble ourselves. We must honor ourselves under his authority, under his power, under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Don't y'all get mad at me for saying this. But, but God kept on putting it in me. I wasn't going to say it, but he kept putting it in me. I got to say it. I got to say it, Pastor. He says, some of us need to humble ourselves, pray, and repent for not respecting our pastor. Now, y'all, y'all didn't hear me. <laughs> I said, some of us need to humble ourselves and pray and repent for not respecting our pastor because he is a young man. Because he's not a seasoned pastor. Don't you know that Paul told Timothy, Timothy, he said, Timothy, don't let them despise your youth. He, he said, Timothy, use what you got. You follow me? It, it's in us, y'all. I'm telling you, this is, this is that deep rooted scene I'm talking about. That's what's in us, man. Some of us have not humbled ourselves and repented for not respecting the pastor as the pastor. God is telling you to ask for forgiveness right now. Ask him to forgive you of that sin. Forgive us, Lord, for, for doing it, Lord. Forgive me for doing it, Lord. Forgive me for doing it, Lord. I'll be first. Saying, Forgive me, Lord, for doing it, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for, for not humbling ourselves. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for doing this, Lord. For we are your children. We are the sheep of your pastor. He says, and, and seek my face and, and turn from our wicked ways. Don't you know it? In Jonah chapter 2, when, in chapter 3, when God told Jonah, he said, Jonah, go preach to that city. And Jonah chose not to do what God said the first time. Jonah, we, I, said, I, said, I know some of you probably heard us in our class this morning. We had a lively discussion talking about Jonah. Jonah needed to humble himself. Jonah said, I did not want to go tell them people what thus says the Lord, because God is going to change his mind and not destroy that city. Some of us don't want people to be get, get ahead of us. Some of us 
are so filled with ourselves that I got a problem with the person I'm sitting next to because they have what I don't have. Jonah had such a deep-rooted hatred for the Assyrians, he didn't want God to have mercy on them. Some of us got a deep-rooted hatred for white people. Oh, hello. It's been in you. It's deep-rooted that you need to ask God for forgiveness and repent from. Just like Jonah. Jonah did not want those people to get salvation. And we all know that salvation is free. It's given to everyone. Let us stamp that out right now. God, please forgive us. Forgive us of this deep-rooted sin that we haven't confessed to you, Lord. Forgive me of it, Lord. Turn from our wicked ways. What's the promise? What's the promise if we turn? He says, then will I hear from heaven. God cannot hear us because sin is with us. That's why he can't hear me. It's because of sin that is in me. The psalm writer said in Psalm 66 and 18, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. It ain't that God cannot say. It ain't that his arms are not long enough to protect you. It's not that too many people praying to him. <laughs> it's our iniquity, our sins that have separated us from him, that he will not hear us. That's what it says in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Read it for yourself. That's what it says. It's my sin that's in me that has separated me from God, and I am too full of pride to armor myself to confess it. Lord, help us to confess our deep-rooted sins that in us. Help us to overcome those things, Lord. Help us, Lord. The promise is I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. Who doesn't want to be forgiven of their sin? Everyone wants to be forgiven of their sin by God, but you don't want to forgive someone else. But you want forgiveness. You want forgiveness when you say something you shouldn't say. You want forgiveness when you think thoughts that you shouldn't thought. But you do not have it in you to forgive your fellow man. Don't be like Jonah. Don't be a Jonah. Well, you got such a deep-rooted hatred that you cannot ask for forgiveness. You cannot follow God and let him do what he will do. He says, then will I heal their land. Hmm. He's going to heal your land, y'all. Let me bring it down your street. He's going to give you that job making more money than you made before. He's going to give you that job that you ain't going to have to work 10, 12 hours a day. Your father, he's going to heal your land. He's going to put your children in line. They're going to stop being disobedient. He's going to restore a relationship between your brothers and your sisters that you haven't talked to in a long time. He's going to restore a relationship between the mother and the father. He's going to heal that land. He's going to restore it. But you've got to humble yourself. You've got to truly desire to get into his presence. You've got to truly desire to have a relationship with him. You got to truly desire to raise your children to know God. If church is good for you, it's good for them. Humble yourself and pray and repent. If it's good for you, it's good for your husband. Good for your boyfriend. It's good for. 
through the power of God, God, forgive us, Lord. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our land, God, Lord. Our land needs healing. God, God, we need you right now, Lord. Heal the land that we have, Lord. And then in Psalm 51, the, the right, I, like, I like how David puts this. Because some of us are struggling with this right now. David said, verse 9 in Psalm 51, he said, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. Some of us got the wrong spirit. He says, Renew a right spirit within me. A spirit of ominous, a spirit of meekness, a spirit of kindness, those fruits of the flesh, y'all. A spirit of Jesus. God, I need that spirit renewed within me. Because I have had this deep-rooted sin in me so long that it's stopping me from receiving you. He says, also here, he says, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. They say David penned this after he had committed the sin with Bathsheba that he thought he got away with. Some of your deep-rooted sin, you think you have gotten away. Yeah, you think you've gotten away from it. David thought he had gotten away from the sin of adultery and murder with Bathsheba. And Nathan the prophet, God sent Nathan the prophet to tell David his problem, what he had done wrong. And David, David humbled himself and prayed and repented of what he had done. He says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, uphold me with thy free spirit. Your joy cannot be restored unless you armor yourself and repent and pray. That's why you ain't got no joy. You cannot have it unless you armor yourself, pray, and repent. You got to do all three, y'all. You can't do some of it. You can't just armor yourself and don't pray and repent. You can't just pray and don't armor yourself. You can't just repent and don't pray and armor yourself. You got to do all three for God to heal from heaven and heal your land. He says, Then will I teach transgressors the w- our ways, and sinners shall be converted. That's why people are not being saved, y'all. Because of us and our deep rooted sin that in us. He says, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice. I know you had to sacrifice this morning. Had to set the clock up an hour, Bart. You lost an hour of sleep. And it was a sacrifice for you to get up and and come out here and try to make it to Sunday school and and try to make it to morning worship service. It was a sacrifice. But guess what? Guess what he said? Is this what he said here, Pastor? He said, Else would I give it, thou didst nightest not in burnt offering. God says, Doesn't care that you had to get up an hour early. Come out here. Doesn't really matter. If they told you to come to your job at 4 a.m., you'll be there. You follow me? It doesn't matter. That you had to sacrifice an hour. This is what God desires, y'all. God desires the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken spirit. 
Is your spirit broken enough that you will humble yourself, repent, and pray? If it's not, you need to go back. Your sacrifice coming out here is nothing. I'm just telling you like it is. It's nothing. God left the temple that Solomon dedicated because of sin. So God don't care that you had to get up an hour early. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. He says, I desire a broken spirit. Are you willing to have a broken spirit? Are you willing to be broken to stop doing what you've been doing? Are you willing to be broken to change your ways, to repent? Repent means to change, to turn away from with no intention of going back. When Jesus would heal folks, he would say what? Go and sin no more. He said, don't get caught up again in the same old sin. Stop getting caught up in the same old mess. He desires a broken spirit. A broken spirit. When, when I was studying this, you know, it just brought tears to my eyes that we have not had a broken spirit. The church I'm talking about. I'm talking about us, the people in the church. We have not had a broken spirit. Pride stops me from asking for help. Pride stops me from asking for help. You have not because you, you ask not. God desires a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. Huh. He want a broken spirit and he also want a contrite heart. Mm. George, he said a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Uh, what does contrite mean, right? That's, that's the question, right? What does contrite mean? God wants a heart that's full of remorse for what you have done. He wants a heart that's full of pity, that's very truly sorrowful for what we have done. That's what a contrite spirit is. Sorrow for having done wrong. Yes, we need to say that, Pastor. We need to say that. We are sorry, Lord, for having done wrong, for having sinned against you of these deep-rooted sins that we have not confessed. God desires a contrite spirit, a contrite heart. I'm going to conclude with Jonah chapter 3. Yes, yeah, we're talking about Jonah. See, see, you didn't have me come to Sunday school. You've been missing out. Yeah, you've been missing out. Because God is teaching us. God is talking to us. Talking about having a contrite spirit, a broken heart. God is trying to use us, y'all. The king of Nineveh in Jonah chapter 3, after Jonah had entered into the city. It said it took three days just to get through the entire city. After he entered into the city, he didn't call a Holy Ghost party. He didn't say, let's meet at the church. He did not say, let's go have a meeting and pray about this. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. He, he did not ask for a church vote. He didn't ask for none of that stuff. He entered into the city and said, in 40 days, God's going to destroy this city. Pay attention, y'all. He didn't tell people to come and listen. Everybody that was there heard what he said. These people knew what they were doing. You know what you were doing. You know the sin that you are doing right now. Yeah, you know what it is. I don't know what it is, Lonzo, but you know. <laughs> I don't 
don't know what it is, but you know. And God knows because he sees it all. It, it says that the people started to pray and repent. And they put on sackcloth. The people started first, y'all. See, in the United States of America, it's got to start with you and me. You got to desire to have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Don't blame the leadership. Don't blame President Obama and the cabinet members for the recession. They didn't do that. Because there's nothing going on that God don't control. (laughs) God uses these things to break our spirits. Because we have been high-minded. We was prosperous, y'all. We had the money to get anything we wanted when we wanted. We had nice jobs. We had nice homes, nice cars. But God chose to bring this in so we can humble ourselves. He said the people started humbling themselves first, y'all. Because it started with us, y'all. We got to humble ourselves in the church. He says, then it says, word got to the king and the nobles. So while the people was humbling themselves, praying and repenting and getting in sackcloth, word got to the king. But nowhere did you read that it said that they didn't know what they were doing was wrong. You didn't read that nowhere in Jonah chapter 3. They already knew that they were living in sin. All they needed for the prophet to do was just tell them that God was coming to destroy them. Some of us need to be told that. God is going to destroy that sin that's in your life. He's going to destroy it. He's going to wipe it out. Then look what he says here. When the king heard word, it says that the king mm, took off his robe. It's time for us pastors to humble ourselves. (laughs) Time for leaders to humble themselves. Time for the president to humble himself. Time for the secretary of state to humble herself. Time for Joe Biden to humble himself. It's time for the leadership to humble themselves. Just like the people. Then look what he said. Then what he did there. What did he do? He said that he prayed and repented. Put on sackcloth. Don't let me lose you on this part. Then he declared, or he made a law, that all the people got to pray and repent and put on sackcloth. Guess what else he said? The animals. Got to pray and repent and put on sackcloth. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. He said the animals got to pray and repent and put on sackcloth. Now, don't believe me. It's in the Word. Jonah chapter 3. Go read it. It's in the Word. Think about this now. God said the animals. The king said the animals got to pray and repent and put on sackcloth. He said, I proclaim a fast. Not only people are you not going to eat. Because some of you have been struggling, no? You, you haven't been able to eat. You haven't had enough to eat. That's right. Not, don't know how you're going to pay your bills. That's right. He said that the, the animals and the people had to pray and repent. He said, not only that, he says, let them fast. He said, the animals can't eat either. Pay attention here. Not only did the people not eat, the animals didn't eat. So the animals was in this predicament with them. The animals didn't sin, y'all. He said, the city, everybody in the city, even the animals. Had to repent. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Because just a few, the first, the previous chapter, you do know that God taught fish talk. He spoke to the fish to go and get Jonah. I didn't say a whale, I said a fish. He taught fish talk, y'all. Y'all didn't know God know fish talk, did y'all? 
Amen, amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. The animals he owns. He can speak to them too. Amen. So God heard them. Glory to God, glory to God. But a lot of us are like Jonah. You don't want God to hear you. You don't want God to hear Sister Herndon's prayer, but you want to hear your prayers. You don't want him to hear Brother Kyle's prayers, but you want him to hear your prayers. He says, then those people humbled themselves, the whole city and the animals, and repented and prayed to God. And it said that God repented. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about Brother Price. God repented. Says, I know it before it says in the Bible, Numbers 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God does what he said he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. The word in this context means that God had mercy. Yeah. Thank you, God, for mercy. Thank you, God, for mercy. Because that's what we need. We need some mercy, though. I, I deserve mercy. You deserve mercy. God, I thank you for your mercy that you have. It says that when the king and the people prayed that God had mercy and he didn't destroy the city. But a lot of us Jonas wish that God would carry through his destruction on your life and your situation. Amen. We got to stop being Jonah, y'all. Are you willing to humble yourself today? Are you willing to repent and pray and turn from your wicked ways? Are you willing? Are you willing? Right now we need to ask God for forgiveness. And repent of our evil ways. And accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Like I said, I was talking to me too. I wasn't only talking to you, I was talking to us. Because we're all in this together. We all need to repent. Humble ourselves and see God's face. And turn, turn, I mean turn from your wicked ways. Turn from our wicked ways. Turn from those deep-rooted sins and and get them out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank God for the power of the word. Thank God for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves to the utmost. someone out there who do not know our Lord and Savior. Jesus is able to humble you. He said, he that exalted himself shall be abased. He's able to forgive you of your sins. All you got to do is confess them and repent and turn from them. Jesus has always been able and he's always been willing. All you got to do is just trust him. All bow our heads. Lord, we we thank you for the power of the gospel of Christ, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are able to save us to the utmost. That you are able to forgive us of our wicked ways. You were able to cut off at the root that deep-rooted sin that is within us. Those unconfessed sins, Lord, that we have stored away in the hidden parts of our heart. Lord, please cut it out, Lord. Carve it out of us, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, bless out there, Lord, for there's someone out there that may not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord. Lord, touch their heart right now, Lord. Let them know that it's not that difficult, Lord. You don't have to say a long speech. You don't have to worry about people criticizing you here, Lord. Help that person to see and understand, Lord, that you, you love them and you sacrifice yourself for them, Lord. And you have forgiven them of their sins. All they got to do is confess them, Lord. 
Lord, touch that person right now in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, just touch their heart right now, Lord. Move them, Lord, according to your will, according to your might. For only you can save, Lord. I do not have any power to save anybody. But you got the power to save people, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you to please save such as should be saved according to your power, according to your might, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.